We're going to start with verse 12, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. The Bible says Paul was giving thanks to the Father who has qualified the believers in Colossae to share the inheritance of the saints in light. Okay, now let's talk about the qualification. You know, it is God who qualifies you. It is not man who qualifies you, nor institution who qualifies you. Whether it's about your salvation or your calling in whatever you do. A lot of times, you know, we feel like not ready. You know, sometimes you know, people ask us, you know, let's do this. Would you want to do this? I don't feel like I'm ready. Friends, let me tell you this. You will never be ready. Are you here this morning? In fact, if you feel ready, I'll be very concerned for you. Because it's not about you. It's not about what you've done. It's not about your works. It's not about your qualification, your ability. Man seeks for certification from from institution or, or approval from men. I want to tell you this is that your approval should never, 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 never be coming from men. Whether it's salvation, ministry or whatever that you think you need approval from men. Do not seek approval from men. Seek approval only from God. You you say what well, well, you know like uh, does it mean that I you know I can you know, I, I can I can be uh, I can tell my boss off? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are people that never felt never had the feeling of confidence in anything, from salvation to every aspect of your life. I want to encourage you this morning. You know, don't try to, to get approval from people because you will be very, very disappointed. People who seek approval from others will always be disappointed. So I want to encourage you, whatever you're contending for, don't try to look for approval from people. God is the only one that will qualify you for salvation. He's the only one that will qualify you for ministry. He's the only one who will qualify you for everything that is pertaining to the kingdom of God. Not man, not persons, not institution, nothing, none of those. It is the grace of God that He qualifies all of us. The church in Colossae, every believer in, the, in Colossae, they were not qualified by Paul. They were not qualified by the church in Colossae, they will qualify, Paul says, by your Father in heaven. Qualified to do what? To share in the inheritance of the saints. What is that? All the spiritual blessings. Do you know that a lot of people don't feel like they're worthy to receive any spiritual blessing? Because they look at the past in their life, they say, if you know what I've done, you probably wouldn't say what you say because I know God is not very happy with me. I know I'm at the place where I'm at. I know that I'm a failure because of what I've done in the past. Friends, I want to tell you this. Every spiritual blessing of God is already available to you because God himself, the Father himself has qualified you in Jesus name. Do you believe that? In other words, you are as qualified as anybody else that you see on TV. You are as qualified as anyone else that you are idolizing and I hope you're not idolizing them. All those big superstars, you know, like people see on TV. Oh, I wish I could be like them. You are like them in Jesus' name. I wish I could do what they do. You can in Jesus' name. What is it you're waiting for? Some qualification from man? Friends, you don't need that. All you need is a qualification from the Father and He has qualified you. Let's move on. 
So he has qualified you to share the inheritance of saints in the light. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Now let's stop right here before I move on. Halfway through the, through the verse. Do you know that this whole world is controlled by the forces of darkness? Do you realize that this world itself is controlled? You say, I thought God is in control. Well, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. If you guys can pull that out. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And this is what the apostle talks about, the God of this age. He said, the God of this age, this world, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Do you think the God we serve blinded the mind of unbelievers? Who is the God of this age that has been being blind here? Who is the God of this world that's being implied here? The devil. The devil is the God of this age. And that is why the evil forces always seem to triumph. Have you ever heard of the term that nice guys always finish? Why? Because this age, this world is under the control and the dominion of darkness. Everybody else, with the exception of all those who are born again, are subject to it. Unfortunately, many born again Christians feel like they're subjected to, to they're subjected to the system and evil of this world too. They're walking in fear, fearing this, fearing that, fearing this, that, and the other thing. You have the blood of Jesus; He covered you. You have no fear. You are not to ever walk in fear, but walk in boldness in Jesus' name. Don't fear of all oh, this disease is going to catch me. This wavelength is going to catch me. This that thing is going to do to me. Man, I tell you this God has set you free it was for freedom that Christ has set you free why are you walking in fear you're not part of the dominions of this world yes a lot of people who are not Christians in fact the system of this world that we're living in where they don't belong to God they're under the dominion of Satan and so you have to cut corners you have to cheat a little bit here and there to get ahead Many people in this world, and some of us don't want to do that. Even before we were Christian, we refused to do that. Because there's this, this righteousness, that the spirit that is in us. That, you know, our spirit, though we do not know God, we understand that's not right. And guess what? We get cheated. We get taken advantage of. We don't get our promotion. Are you here this morning? And that's why this is happening. The system of this world, everything is corrupted, is perverse. Although people are very sincere, they try their best. But guess what? The system of this world is under the full control of the devil. You say, how is it big? Why did God allow that? He didn't allow it. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, He had intended for Adam and Eve to be over this world. He says, that he said to Adam, subdue all the creatures of this world. In other words, have full control. Oh, what did he do? You know, he had a or his wife had a conversation with the devil, and his wife yielded to the devil. And when his wife yielded to the devil, his wife suggested that he should do the same thing. He said, All right, let's eat it. You know, in our very simplistic explanation in Genesis. We always think that they will eat just eating apples. And people will go, what's so wrong with eating apples? It's not about eating apples. It's about authority. How it was yielded earlier on. And once it's yielded, God can't take it back because He already given it. He already given the authority to man. 
And men can do whatever they want with their authority. That's true gift. People that give and then take it back, they're not true gift. Are you here? And so God gave it to the devil. I mean, God gave it to, the, to Adam and Adam gave it to the devil. And God can't say, I changed my mind. And so the only way to redeem us, the only way to, to cause human not to be under suffering and tremendous pain, I know this world is full of pain. Many of you are coming from places that are full of pain. You are hurting. But God wants to redeem you. God wants you to, to be taken from this evil forces of this world and transfer you. Let's, let's read on actually. Verse 13. He delivered us from the domain of darkness. So you're delivered. You may not know it, but you are delivered. But he had transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son. What we call the kingdom of God. In whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. How did he transfer you out? He transferred you out by redeeming you, forgiving your sin, so that he can transfer you. Everybody say transfer. Transfer into what? The kingdom of his beloved son. Now watch this. What is this kingdom of his beloved son? What is this kingdom of God? What is it that when people say kingdom of God? Unfortunately, most people don't know what the kingdom of God is. They haven't got a clue the kingdom that they're part of. And that's why they still feel like they're subject to the system of this world. They're subject to the kingdom of this world. What is this kingdom? What is this kingdom of his beloved son? Is it the church? Is the church the kingdom of God? No. The church may be part of the kingdom of God. Ecclesias. Ecclesias. Part of the, it's not the kingdom of God. This is part of the kingdom of God. A very minute part. That's not the kingdom of God. How about ministries? Large ministry especially. Sometimes it feels like they are like a kingdom themselves. You know, a little Pope here and there. The other thing, right? A ministry is the kingdom of God. Many of us think that we're part of a ministry and therefore we're part of some kind of kingdom. No ministry may be part of the kingdom of God. Very small part too. What is the kingdom of God? How about the political system? You know, a lot of people think that, you know, they can change the politics of our day. So that they can introduce the kingdom of God to our time. That's not how you introduce the kingdom of God. I'm going to explain to you more of that later on. It is not politics. It is not politics that's going to change or bring the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said this. is that you are not of the world even though you're in it. John chapter 17 verse 16. When Jesus was praying for us. He's saying they're not of this world. They're in it, but they're not of it. So why do you want to mess around with the system in this world? So the kingdom of God has nothing to do with the system of this world. And yet somehow we try to merge the two together. Is the kingdom of God about afterlife? It is just part of it. 
The kingdom of God is just, the, 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 the eternal life is just part of it. One thing for sure is, we know is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not of this world. You know, some of you heard me say this. A number of years ago, I was driving to downtown Toronto, you know, and I got off and, and I haven't been downtown. I used to work downtown and so I see it every day, but you know, got off and it's been years already and, and you know, King Bay area, Front Street and you know, all this big, beautiful, amazing building just shot up in the last 10 years. And so when I went down there, I felt like I was in New York, you know, it's just, whoa. Hey, by the way, if you go to New York, don't do this. I remember when I first time I went to New York um, uh, for a business trip, first time ever, I was 24 years old, and I was sent to New York, big apple, right? Wow, that was amazing. And uh, that was quite some time ago, I'm 52, so you can just figure out how many years that was. So anyways, I was down there, and i never seen anything like that. So I was walking with my colleague, we were going to have lunch together, you know, and I stopped at the stop, so you know how the crossroads, you know, the, the uh, traffic lights, you know. And so I stood there, and I forgot about the traffic lights, I just went, whoa, in my heart, I go, whoa. Oh, massive. And then somebody hit me, right? My colleague said, can you stop doing that? I said, what's wrong? I'm just, I'm just, this is huge. He said, you're just putting a mark on us that you have visitors and so they're going to rob us. Just quit it. I said, okay. I just pretend I know this place, you know. Every now and then I just. <laughs> well, anyways, I was downtown Toronto. I was admiring this, all these amazing, beautiful buildings. And then a, a, a thought occurred in my heart. And so I started having conversation with Jesus. I said, Jesus, didn't they say that you own a cattle of a thousand hills? Are you not the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, you know? You see, all this thing that belongs to the world, they are so much more superior than even your biggest church. Think about this. I want you to think about this. If God is the God whom we serve is so big, why is it that some churches are struggling with money, even small little churches are struggling money, they're so-called the house of God, and the house of God is struggling, is tiny, is small, and they're always struggling with resources, and whereas even the smallest of the Fortune 500 has more resources than the biggest church in the world. Have you ever asked that question? Something is missing. Something is disconnecting. So I say to the Lord, God, I thought you are big. It's just not, don't feel like it. Man, I, I'm looking at, you know, CIBC building. I'm looking at Canada Trust Tower. And have you guys seen the Trump Tower down there, you know? <laughs> I just add that. It just added in just for controversy's sake, you know. And Trump Tower, you know. I had a meeting right beside Trump Tower. I was so tempted to go in, you know, but it's just right beside um, on Bay Street and um, uh, Richmond. Oh, I can't remember. Um, one of those streets, you know, Bay and Richmond, and uh, massive. And uh, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I said, God, why? And the Lord started to speak to me. He said, Son, I want to show you something. He took me to John chapter 18. Let's go to it. John chapter 18, verse 36. Now, Jesus now is being tried by the pilot, remember? And the pilot asked him this question, Are you a king? And this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered, and Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. Everybody say this together. My kingdom is not of this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting and I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. That's the problem with many of us today is that we think the kingdom of God is part of this world and we try to compare what God is doing on earth to the world when it's just about physical resources and money and so forth. Jesus say, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus is telling me that if my kingdom was of this world, I would have a vast amount of army. Even the Roman Empire couldn't handle me. I wouldn't be able to, you, you wouldn't be able to try me. I wouldn't be able to, I would not be hand, being handed over to by the Jews to, to, to cause my life to be perished because my kingdom is not of this world. And I believe God is saying to his churches that his kingdom in us of this world. If you're trying to compare and understand the kingdom of God from the worldly perspective, you will be failing, you'll be miserable. And that's why many Christians, you know, they have been taught wrong that, that, you know, the kingdom of the God is like the kingdom of this world. And so when they look at the world, they go, hey, that's a lot more attractive. They're a lot more beautiful, more vast, more awesome, more amazing, more resources. Their hearts automatically will turn towards something that is better and bigger. That's natural human being behavior. But you need to know very clearly the kingdom that we are part of has nothing to do with this physical world. It is not the politics that need to pursue. It is nothing to do. You know, I want to tell you this. I think I don't offend people, but that's okay. That's what we're called to do is offend the mind so that we can reach your heart, shouldn't I? Right? So I'm going to offend your mind, right? Many believers, many pastors would have you believe that the political system of this world is supposed to be somehow converted into the kingdom of God. So they fight, they become very active politically. You know, Paul the Apostle is considered to be one of the greatest apostles and determine all the theology that we subscribe to today. How we believe about God, about eternity, about spiritual things was taught by Paul. He had established that in the church. In one part of the Bible, he compares slavery or slave trading to murder, adultery, and all the hideous, hideous sin that you could imagine. And yet, on the other hand, he would tell people, you know, slaves, subject to submit to your, to your master. And then he would tell the dress of the church, be, you know, in fact, we printed out, out there, you know, there is a scripture out there that, uh, that there's a warning asking everybody to wear their mask, right? And then we put the bylaw down because it's the law right now. And not only that, we put a scripture down. The scripture was quoted by Paul. We quoted Paul. He said, the subject to the emperor and the governor, who at the time was Nero, was putting Christian to death. What's he talking about? You see, Paul was not into a political movement, even though he disagreed with what they were doing, but yet he was not in a political movement to cause a political revolution. People would have us believe that being a Christian, we ought to be some kind of, in some kind of political party, be some kind of political activist. In Jesus' name, I want to change your mind this morning, is that the kingdom of God is not of the kingdom of this world. Can I hear an amen here? Hallelujah. 
That's why people get upset with me. Why don't I speak about this issue and that issue? God didn't give me a platform to pre- pre- preach things about politics. He gave me a platform to speak of Jesus Christ crucified, His resurrection, and eternity in Jesus' name. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I don't care whether you're conservative, liberal, NDP, Republican, Democrat. Jesus loves you. And you are my audience. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I'm on fire now. Don't, don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good, you know. The kingdom of God is not of this world. Many people in this country, in fact, many people around the world, if you're watching other parts of the world, we are very much influenced by... I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. That then I'm going to offend people. That's fine. We are very much influenced by teachings from the United States. And you know, I love a lot of revelation that comes out of that country. God has used amazing people. Many of us had benefited immensely from the revelation, the teaching they come out from those amazing generals. I still listen to them. I admire them. I think they're awesome. They're amazing. I have many things in common with them. But I want you to listen to me very carefully. I'm not being anti-American, okay? Whatever I'm going to say is not anti-American. So don't go throw a stone at me. Even if you do, that's okay. I'll be Stephen. Lord, forgive them for they know not what to do. Oh, forgive them, Lord. You and I need to have the discernment to separate American exceptionalism doctrine from the gospel. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There is an American exceptionalism doctrine that is being preached even by the pastor as though they're from the Bible. But you know, we're not in America, we're in Canada. I have preacher telling me I need to stand up to the government in this country. Oh, when they're telling, they're forcing me to sin, oh wow, I will stand up to them. I told, you know, uh, uh, when they introduced some law a number of years ago, you know, and Pastor Dennis Belkham, some of you know who he is, he came to this country and he always tell me about how, you know, pre- Christian preachers get the, in prison in China and, and that, you know, you're not a real preacher. They wouldn't consider you a real preacher unless you've been in prison a couple of times, you know, kind of feather in your cap type thing. So, you know, you hear a lot of those. And so he was sitting and having dinner with me. My wife was pretty upset. She's not, you know, I don't know where she is. But, so, but I said, you know, I said, I said, I said, I'd love to go to jail. Send me to jail. Besides that, Canadian jail is actually nothing compared to the jail in China, right? So bring it on, you know. They got food. They can even go to university. Oh, my wife is like, don't you dare say that. I won't come visit you, man. Why don't you get yourself into trouble? You know? <laughs> I, w- I will stand up for faith, but I will not stand up to anyone. You see the difference? I will stand up for my conviction. I will stand firm in my ground. But I will not stand up against anyone. Because that's being political. And friends, let me tell you this. 
until we learn how to distinguish and discern the difference between the gospel and doctrines that are, the gospel that has been affected by some doctrines that are that are actually uh, uh, pertaining to a certain country we will miss out what God wants to do through your life through our church and through our country when I was younger I, I like to copy things from America in church too you know a lot of pastors do that we have we copy a lot of things from America and then not only from America I copy things from Bogota you know because they have massive church there and I copy things from Korea you know because a massive church there and I started copying things from Singapore and the Holy Spirit said to me one day why are you copying everybody I have a specific task for you in Canada otherwise I wouldn't have sent you there and I have a task for you that is so come on come on it's same as all of you there is a specific assignment for you. Don't try to copy from countries where you came from or the countries that you admire. You need to understand the kingdom of God is not of this world. If people already talk about it's the system of the world, want to fight the system of the world, which you're not called to, I'm going to share with you later on next week because I'm going to close now because I run out of time. Way out of time. I'm supposed to finish at what time? Hey? About 15 minutes ago, right? Hallelujah. I can cheat a little bit in the second service because there's no third service. Come on. Until we have the third service, right? <laughs> Oh, praise God. But anyways, would you please stand? We're going to close. I want to encourage you this. One thing that you need to notice this week, and you need to pay attention, is do not be influenced by the system of this world. If you try to compare your inheritance, your spiritual blessings, to the things of the world, you will be disappointed. Yes, God wants to bless you, but it's going to be from spirit out, not from out in. So if you say, oh, how come I don't have the car, the house, whatever they have? Listen, you're comparing the wrong thing. Does that mean that God doesn't want to give it to you? He does, but you're going about the wrong way. It's spirit first. We're not off the system of this world. We're not part of the commercial system of the world, not part of the political system of the world, not part of the materialistic system of the world. We are of this different tribe, different kingdom. And I will share with you in detail what they are next week. So come by, stay tuned. We'll share with you what the kingdom of God is. I'll tell you this, I'm going to do this Colossian all summer because I'm still on, not even halfway there yet in first chapter. It's already the third week. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us as believers to be absolutely clear of the kingdom that we're part of and the benefits that are in the kingdom and that we do not pursue the world thinking that we are actually pursuing the kingdom of God. It is true you say that seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, the rest will be added. But yet you never told us to seek 
everything else through the kingdom. I pray we have such a clarity, then we can walk in the full blessings and the fullness of God. Every single one in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.